that was seen in history was seen in time and space. And Father, we just thank you, and that's the reason we gather. We gather because Jesus died, because he was put in the grave, but he didn't stay there. He rose victorious. And we have hope because of him. Thank you, God, for our stories. Thank you for your pursuit of us. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for not just giving us a second chance, but God, you've given us three billion chances, Lord. You, you continue to demonstrate patience towards us. And Father, the rest of this world as well. And so Lord, we come to you asking that you would make yourself known. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, hey, before you uh, sit down, why don't you say hi to someone around you and uh, greet someone. Well, good morning. It's good to uh, gather together, and it's good to be together, and uh, we're going to turn our hearts to some uh, time of prayer, and uh, we're going to kind of just do some random uh, type, I say random, we're not going to be as orderly as we normally do in our prayer. It's going to have order, but you get the point, okay? So, uh, and, uh, you know, we wanna, one of the things, I, I want to spend a few moments praying for Good News Club will kick off this week. Um, and so we want to pray for the workers and students. Uh, we want to remember Mark and Marcy Harris. Um, they are in the States for the, uh, the next year until uh, late spring. Um, we haven't seen them because Mark's kind of been on a sabbatical. So he comes home and trying to, trying to get some time off where he doesn't have to come home and be on the, the grueling of communicating with sending churches and, and that, uh, you know, um, part of uh, those things. And, uh, and so they've gotten their oldest son uh, into college and um, moved Mark's mom to Virginia. So they've had a number of things that have been going on, but we want to uh, be praying for them. And, uh, and we also want to pray for Israel, you know, and uh, we're very mindful of a world that is um, against uh, God and against his uh, people. That, uh, that he has promised that he will fulfill what he has started in them. And, uh, and we know that it's only because of God's divine protection that Israel still isn't existent. You know, when you look at the map and you look at the countries right around them that, you know, most of them say that left to ourselves, we would take, we would, we would take them out like that. 
Um, it's only because of God's divine protection that they are still in existence. And that's his word. He has demonstrated that. Um, and let's remember too, Israel as a nation needs the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so uh, they, um, they need the gospel. And, uh, and so they need their eyes open too. To not be continue to walk in spiritual blindness, and uh, and so yeah, so we have a number of things that uh, we feel here, and uh, it's what I love about the Psalms. The Psalms has every emotion in it, and uh, God's given us emotions for us to bring them to Him and to express them to Him, and that's the best way to go, um, not to social media, not to someone else, um, but let's bring our our, our hearts uh, to the Lord. And, uh, and so let's just start here. I'm just going to just be quiet and give you a moment to, uh, to, to talk to the Lord. And then for the most part of our prayer time, I'm just going to lead us through that. Um, uh, but uh, let's just start here by giving you a moment just to talk to the Lord. Um, he is just as present in this room as I and you are. Father, we just want to acknowledge your sovereign hand, that you are the King of kings and that you are the Lord God of lords. And so, Father, as things happen on this planet, we can get anxious, we can feel scared, we can wonder what in the world is happening on a macro level, or even in just whatever is happening in our own lives. But God, we can trust you. That you are not just out there somewhere, but Father, you describe yourself as our Father, who knows us by name, who knows our thoughts, the good ones, but Father, you also know the dark ones. God, you don't run from us, you pursue us. We thank you, God, that you are fixated, that you will not allow us to stay the way that we are. But you will form Christ inside of us, his character, his priorities, his person. You will form him in us as believers in Jesus Christ. And so that gives us confidence, God, that the completion of our salvation rests on your work, God. God, we come before you this morning wanting to move in step with you. And so, God, we, we pray for your help in that process. God, we lift up Mark and Marcy Harris, Lord, and we just, uh, we pray, God, that during this season, Lord, that, that you would refresh Mark, God, that you would give him 
sweet times in your word that he would hear from you, that he would not feel the weight of the ministry and the mission and juggling family that are overseas and just all the things that, 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 that rest on his shoulders. And God, during this season, he could rest in you, Lord. God, that you would truly give him rest. Pray for his marriage, for him and, and Marcy. God, that you would uh, help them to grow closer together. God, that you would work in their hearts. And so, Lord, we just lift up uh, Mark and Marcy to you. And for Dylan and for Caleb as well. Lord, just guide and direct uh, their steps, Lord. And so we thank you for their faithfulness to the gospel. And uh, Lord, just help them in this uh, process. God, we pray for Israel. God, we pray for, um, Lord, beyond just the headlines, but Father, for people, Lord, that are feeling the weight of just the evil that goes on in this world. Nations that are fixated on death and destruction and not fixated on life. And so, God, we just, uh, we, we pray for your presence and your hand, Lord. God, we pray for peace. We pray that you would give wisdom and discernment, Lord, to um, these nations, Lord. And, and Father, what is there, Lord, and that you would bring to light what needs to be brought to light. And so, God, we lift uh, the nation of Israel up, Lord. We thank you for your promise that you made to Abraham centuries ago. And that, God, you will not, that, that you will fulfill your promise with them. God, we pray for the salvation, Lord, of, of Jewish people, Lord that do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. God, we pray that you would open their hearts, that you would open their minds, that they would see that, that he has come, the promised one came. And God, that you would open their eyes. And God, whatever it takes, God, it would be far better to see horrific things happening in a sense so that more and more people would see their need for Jesus Christ, as horrific as that is. But God, we know that without Christ, that is the, without Christ will be the worst suffering that will ever, ever happen in a Christless eternity. And so Father, we pray for the salvation of many. God, we, we pray for the church, God, in Israel. We pray for one for Israel and ministries that are that are there sharing the gospel, Lord. And so God help them to adjust, help them to know and to see what needs need to be what what needs to happen, Lord, there. And so Father, we just uh, lift up this uh, nation, Lord. And God, we know that we can rest that you have that you will take care of them. And so we trust you. And Father, we thank you for that. God, we pray for 
um, just this week. Lord, here as uh, at Hickory Grove and at Pine Creek as uh, Good News Club begins, Lord, we pray for the other schools um, where there's an open door to talk about Jesus Christ on the campus of a school building. God, we pray for the seeds that are going to be sown. We pray, Lord, that they would, we, we pray for hearts that would be rich and good soil, God. That would receive the truth of the gospel. That Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. God, they would understand what that means. And that their hearts would be changed. God, we pray for the workers that are nervous and scared and not sure what to do, Lord. And God, that you would give them your peace, Lord, I pray. God, that you would help them to see that, that we're here to assist you, Lord. It doesn't rest on our shoulders, God. It rests on you. And God, we walk in partnership with you. Our peace is from you. You're the one that has steadfast love towards us. You're the one who is safe. You're the one who will help us when we know what to do and even when we don't know what to do. God, your presence will be there. And so we can look to you. We can, we can trust you. God, I pray for each believer here that, that goes to work every day, Lord. They're going to their mission field, Lord, every day rubbing shoulders with men and women that would maybe never set foot in a church. But God, they can hear the gospel through our lives. That they would see a difference through us. That we would live courageously. That we would live out the grace and truth, Lord. Father, when we, when we don't know what to do, we would Be prayerful and, and God, be willing to be uncomfortable for you, God. So God, help us to hold out the light. Help our lives, God, to be attractive. And not just like everybody else. And so God, we just trust that to you, Lord. Pray for a conviction. God, people that think that because I didn't kill anybody, I'm really not all that bad. And God's sin is greater than just murder. And God, only your spirit, your spirit has to open the eyes of people to see their need for a Savior. So, Spirit of God, we, we ask, we pray that you would be working in hearts. And God, that you'd be working in our heart, that we would be willing to put our, our neck out there, that we would be willing to say something, that we would be willing to take a risk, that we would be willing to be uncomfortable, God, for you. Even if we get it wrong. But that our love would be that deep, that we would be that caring, 
and that we wouldn't be so concerned about how we look in our image, God. But God, that we would take up our cross and follow you daily. And so God, we pray that way. We pray that you would open our eyes, God, to see how you are answering prayers. God, that we would give you the glory and the credit that you deserve, Lord. That we would talk more about you, Lord. That we would give you the praise. And so, Father, we thank you, God, for all of these things. Thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you're true. And, God, we just continue to look to you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to get there in a minute. We're going to get there in a minute. John chapter 8. And so uh, last week, we've been in this series on experiencing God and um, last week, I had a, a couple of you share just uh, some testimonies of what God's teaching you and what God's showing you um, uh, through the study. And so for me, um, I began the study back in June. Um, I'm a little slow, so I have to start it earlier than everybody else. But um, that was a joke. Are you guys awake? Um, some of you might be thinking, he is slow. That wasn't a joke. So anyway, I started back in June just to have a head start. And so... Um, you know, and so as I started the study, you know, one of the things that I found myself doing is looking for that specific way that God, you know, what, what did God have for me? What, God, what do you want me, uh, what, what do I want to hear from you? You know, what do you want to say to me that, that you're looking for me to accomplish either personally or maybe for us as a church? And so one of the things that I found myself over the last few weeks is disappointed because I want to hear something from God, but God wasn't saying that specific thing. And so part of that, you know, is feeling the weight of, well, I'm the example, you know, you're the, you're the pastor, right? So if you don't have an example, how is that going to look? And so one of the things that I have started to see is that, you know what? I have missed the point of what the study is about. And the study isn't just about doing something for God. There are tons of people that are doing stuff for God. And I'm not saying doing is not a part. That is a part. But a major part of the study is listening to God, abiding in Him, allowing the Scriptures to feed our soul, knowing God more intimately, that relational peace, and there's also a doing peace. And so there's a both and. Sarah and I, we've had numerous conversations that we kind of go back and forth and see, we just need to be, and no, well, we just need to do. And, but the point that I want to share is to say that, you know what? I'm in process too. And so in this process, how can we continue to listen to, to God and to hear what God wants us uh, to be doing. And that's the theme that we're going to look at this morning. That God speaks. That God is a communicator. That he wants to communicate things with us, 
let us know what he's up to and who he is. And so as I've been thinking about that, um, you know, 25 years ago, if I would have stood up before you and said, what is a text 25 years ago? Some of you weren't alive. Most of you were. 25 years ago, what would you have said? What is a text? Words in a book, right? Not so, you know, it's the, the message behind what that book is there. But now, 25 years later, what is a text? Little tidbits of information that we send from one phone back to the net, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's a true message. And when you get a text, you know, on your phone, you know who it's coming from. For the most part, there are scams. I get that. Um, but when you get a text, you, you, you don't hear an audible voice, right? But you know that someone is speaking to you. Whether they're saying, hey, can you pick up some eggs on your way home today? Or when are you going to get home? Or where in the world are you? Whatever the text is saying, it's coming from a person. And, you, and we would never doubt to say, hey, is, is, this, is this coming from someone? Even though you don't hear an audible voice. And I think when we think of the invisible God of the universe, how does he speak to humanity? How does the personal, you know, one of God's names is Yahweh. And that's his personal name, that he is personal. He is knowable. He has revealed himself uh, to us. And so Jesus, in this uh, passage here, John chapter 8, verse 47, here's uh, one of the, the verses this week that you're going to look at in your study. He says this in 8, verse 47. He said, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And so he's making a statement here to the religious leaders who they knew the Bible, but they missed the point of what God was communicating to the world. And so what he's saying here is whoever hears the words of God, the person who listens to the message of God, the person who, and part of what he's saying here is there is a need to be born again. That's one of the themes that John takes through the book of uh, the gospel of John, the need uh, to be born again. That, that hearing from God takes more than just a human ability. God has to help you understand what he is saying. And so he's confronting the, the religious leaders here, and he's saying, hey, the reason why you don't hear them is that you are not of God. You have not surrendered yourself. You have not allowed God to speak to you. And so he's communicating that. And so the question for us is, are we allowing God to speak to us? Turn over to the book of Hebrews. Another passage here. There's a lot of passages we could have gone to, but Hebrews chapter 1. And again, this is towards the end of the scriptures. So that's kind of the easy part. When you get to the end of the Bible, you can look back and see how God has worked through century upon century upon century. This is one of those 
statements that the writer of Hebrews gives that kind of gives us a broad brushstroke here and a reminder to us that God the Father has communicated from the beginning of time, from the creation of Adam, and he continues to communicate. And so what does he say here? Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Who were the prophets? The prophets were men that God gave a message to and said, hey, I'm speaking, I'm giving this to you so that you would go tell them what I'm up to and what I'm about to do. And again, whoever was listening always had to wrestle with, hey, is this coming from God? Because weren't there false prophets? Absolutely. There were people that said, well, God told me. You know, anytime you hear someone say, God told me, you always got to be a little careful. Because there's a lot of people saying, God told me something, but that doesn't mean it was really God. And so how do we know if it's God's voice? And so God spoke to the prophets because he was getting his message out. Verse 2, but in, in these last days, what does he say here? He has spoken to us by his son. God's ultimate communication was through his son, Jesus Christ, who spoke words, but he also spoke action. He spoke with his life. He communicated, really, what the whole Bible was about because Jesus didn't just show up in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, we're going to see that in a minute, that he had been speaking all along. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. And so baby Jesus, who had a human beginning, was divine, and he created everything. That's what he's saying here, that God, God spoke through his son. In verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so we're reminded here that God is speaking to us broadly, but in his speaking to us broadly, he's also speaking to us personally. That message isn't just for the world out there, but that message is for you and me and every human being because God wants to communicate to us personally. So as he said here, he spoke through his son. So I want to real quickly look back, turn back to John chapter 5. Here's an example of, of how Jesus uh, saw that. John chapter 5. Here's how Jesus said, he talks about his relationship with the Father. Verse 20, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. And so he's emphasizing here the relationship that Christ had with the Father, that intimate relationship. That Jesus knew him, that he knew him in, through prayer, that he knew the scriptures. Look down in verse 37. He says it this way. And the Father who sent me has finished 
has himself borne himself about me, borne born witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe that the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. And so he again, he's confronting the religious leaders that they, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't know God personally. They didn't listen to what he was communicating. And this is where Jesus Christ knew the scriptures. How many times did he say, it is written, it is written. This is He quotes from Psalms and he quotes from other books from the, from the Holy Scriptures because he knew that this is God's text, God's message, God's communication to us personally if we're willing uh, to listen. And so look down at verse 46. Here's how he ends. Verse 46, for if you believed Moses... Was it Moses a prophet as well? God spoke to him. He spoke to the people. And so look what he says here. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my works? And so what he's saying here is that Moses wrote about me. Jesus didn't just show up when the red letters in your Bible started. Jesus has been there all along. Because the message is always about God the Son. God's redemption. God wants to meet us exactly where we are. And so it's going back and seeing and hearing how Moses spoke about a Messiah. The true deliverer that would come and pay for the sins of the world. And so God is a God who wants to speak personally with us. Jesus gives that example here. He communicates that with us. And so uh, as we've kind of done over the last few weeks, um, I asked Lisa Ross if she would be willing to share um, just some of her testimony here and to bring some of these themes out as we're uh, going through and to let her share how, how God worked in her life through the ups, the downs, and through those different things. So, Lisa. Thanks. Good morning. Ooh, that's really loud. Um, I t I, when Steve had asked me to do this, I thought for a little bit about what I would share, obviously prayed about what I would share, and then I thought, you know, I'd better write this down. <laughs> I had written my testimony out years ago, um, and obviously this will not be the full testimony because we'd be here for a lot longer than 10 minutes. But um, I did want to write it down, just some things I wanted to share with you just so I don't become distracted or fragmented in what I have to say. So, um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know me, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and my name is Lisa. I grew up in a large family. I am the youngest of eight children. I had a mother who was an incredible lady who loved her family. She modeled for me how to be a wife and a mother and for someone that loved God. I remember even at a young age, I felt the need to keep peace. 
My dad was a strict disciplinarian and didn't have much time for nonsense. If the tension would build between my siblings or any one of them and my dad, I would feel compelled to interject with a comment or some off-the-wall topic of conversation that would be a diversion and hopefully take things in a different direction. I've always attended church and Sunday school and grew up with a mom that loved and lived the Lord. I went to youth group, read my Bible, and yet honestly can say that there had not been a connection of knowledge and relationship until I was well into my adult years. I could say that I was not taught to understand things that way, but I think the more fair statement would be that I never took advantage of hearing the truths that were being taught to me. My dad left my mom for another woman when I was a senior in high school. The foundation of everything that felt stable and safe was shaken. Divorce at any age is awful for a child. I felt like he left me too. I had so many feelings that I didn't know how to process. My mom was completely devastated. Our home was rocked. I was torn between loyalty to my parents and quite honestly, I didn't have much to say to my dad for the next several years and he seemed to be okay with that. I married my high school sweetheart at 19 and shortly thereafter, our first child was born, a daughter, and three and a half years later, our second child, a son. Our family was complete. My siblings and I had a strong bond my whole life and then life happened. We grew and changed and within our family dynamic, there seemed to be a rift within our sister circle. The peacemaking efforts that I tried in the past didn't work and I soon realized I couldn't control or fix this. Harsh words were spoken, walls were built, and the words found in Romans 12:18 resonated with me for the next several years. Be at peace with all men in as much as it depends on you. I had to let it go, and by God's grace, I lived the next several years without sisters. They formed a bond together, and I wasn't in the club. Even as the hurt continued, the pain lessened, and I found myself praying for them and loving them despite their dislike for me. This was just one evidence of how God can transform your thinking. As our children got older, my relationship with Christ grew stronger, and I made a lot of necessary changes in my life to live by example what I wanted for them. I repented for the things that I had done in my younger years and made the changes that would keep me focused on what God wanted for me. I had reconciled things with my dad. First, I reconciled them with God. And then I realized if I truly believed that he can do all things, I had to believe at this time too. Over the years, we had formed a relationship that God had constructed. There are circumstances and reasons behind marriages in trouble. Several years into our marriage, I had a choice to make. Do I fold up, curl up, walk away, stand and fight, or turn and run? First thing was God took a hold of me and he spoke these words and said to me, I am enough. I needed to stop applying those words with a question mark about myself and apply them with an exclamation point about him. Praising God now and forevermore for his perfect love and restoration of our marriage by his fullness. Our children were growing up, living life, and we were riding the circuit of activities that we were involved in. Our daughter graduated from college and graduated um, from graduate school, both with honors, and she was engaged to be married. Our son finished high school and was excelling in athletics, doing well as he began his first year of college, and then the addiction monster invaded our home. 
Our precious son was saturated in something that became a runaway train headed for destruction. Fix it, Lisa. Do something. Don't just stand there. I was frozen in my own ability. I screamed. I wanted to stop it from hitting you, but I can't get you out of the way. I'm too numb to move because I don't know which way to go. I have no power in the face of something that is bigger and stronger and faster. And then I stop and realize I control nothing. I cried out to God one morning in a prayer of great desperation. I can tell you exactly where it was when I prayed, God, do whatever it takes to bring him to a place of surrender to you. That was a scary prayer to pray. But my exasperated attempts to fix my son had failed miserably. I now realize that that prayer was as much of a place of surrender for me as I was asking for it for my son. God orchestrated a number of events like only he can and set us on a path to celebrate recovery. And looking for something to save our son, I found something that saved me. By God's divine intervention and his redeeming grace and mercy, today I can say my son lives in Christ and remains healthy and whole. Praise God. Our first grandchild was born December of 2016 and quickly became the apple of my eye. Unfortunately, in July of 2017, my mother went home to be the, with the Lord. It still makes me sad sometimes to think that she didn't get to enjoy him longer. She lived her whole life in, with incredible strength and resolve, dignity, and grace, never wavering and firmly knowing that God is still on the throne no matter what. She never gave up hope for healing and believing that for herself. That was the greatest demonstration of faith for me. She believed that God could heal her if he chose to. But if he chose not to, she would continue to trust. And even though I know she is ultimately healed and home with the Lord, I still mourn for her, and frankly, my grief sometimes overtakes me. She was not only my mom, but my best friend, my mentor, and one of the few people that got me. It's hard to believe that a person like that can leave your life so quickly. I've been through many changes over the past few years. My sister-in-law passed away. My grandson that I babysat since he was six months old went to school. My granddaughter was born. My mother-in-law passed away. And a few months later, my dad passed away. I've learned that nothing is more constant than change. I'm not defined by the rules in my life, but I'm defined by the one who rules my life. It's sobering to think that I'm not a daughter anymore. All of our parents are gone, but I'm identified first by a child of the Most High King and a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and gently reminded that I've always first been God's daughter. In him, I am enough. Although things change in this life, he is constant now and forever in the next. This study has prompted my heart and stretched my growth to be reminded that it's all about him. I want to have that relationship with Christ. He reminds me when I feel low that he is my best friend. He is my mentor, and he gets me. Because I forever have felt the need to fix things, I ask God for the courage to change the things I can and to accept the things I can't, and more importantly, the wisdom to know the difference. For those of you who don't know, that's the serenity prayer that we say every month or every Monday night here at the church at 6 
um, at Celebrate Recovery. So come on out if you want. <laughs> Jesus met me where I was. Things will forever change in my life. And I reminded that I need to take my eyes off of my circumstances and get my eyes on him. Exodus 14.14 14 is a true life verse for me. And it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks. Yeah. God has a way of uh, navigating through our lives, right? And uh, he uses the spirit of God. He uses people. He uses scriptures and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to invite the worship team. I'm going to to come on up. We're going to sing a, a couple more songs, and I'm going to leave this uh, a summary verse here in a sense as we talked about God speaking to us. And here's how uh, Paul says it in Colossians 3, verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Even though Jesus Christ is not walking bodily on this earth, we have his words that God wants us to dwell on. And we dwell on all kinds of things in our lives, don't we? And so the question is, am I dwelling on the word of Christ? And if you're not, you don't have to beat yourself up. You just surrender and say, all right, God, let's get that there. Let's let the word of Christ dwell in my mind and in my heart and in our relationships and in our home and in our church so that we don't just say the right things, but we live them out. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the simplicity. God, the simplicity. And yet the older we get, we, 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 we tend to make it more complicated. And so God, help us to be what your word says, that we are your little children. And Father, that you would allow your word to dwell in our hearts. God, as we sing this next song, that we would not just sing the words, but God, that it would be a true prayer of what our heart really knows to be true. That God, we need you. And Father, that we would worship you as a result. And in your name we pray. Amen. I come, I confess, bowing here, stand together. I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need 
song here and we're going to collect our tithes and offerings at this time uh, and the kids are coming back so this is going to be a little bit more of a fun song for us Heavenly Father just thank you for your blessings you've bestowed upon us 